Welcome to the Turtle Shell Therapy Institute, a podcast made to help you learn how to feel more comfortable inside and outside of your shell. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, James Nee Hundley. Today, we're joined by Lucas Schaefer, a licensed marriage and family therapist, licensed professional counselor, adjunct instructor at the University of Colorado Denver in the Couples and Family Therapy Program, co-founder of Lumen Services, and he sits on the board of directors with me and the Emotionally Focused Therapy Community Steering Committee as the vice president. Lucas is here today to talk with us about emotionally focused individual therapy. Lucas, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me, James. Been looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, no, I was really excited when you said that you'd come to talk to us about about EFIT. That's the the acronym for it, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, before we start talking about that, um, why don't you tell me about Lumen Services, what services you offer there, you know, how it came to be? Yeah, thanks, James. Um, Yeah, Lumen Therapy Services is a a small group practice that I co-founded with a mentor of mine, um, Dr. Robert Allen, and it really kind of came out of a long conversation that we had had that was really attachment focused in, um, you know, exploring what kind of a secure base we need um, as therapists to feel kind of grounded and well in our work so that we can do our best work uh, with clients. And part of that coming from, you know, I think our need for mentorship and support from, from each other, but also from, yeah, mentors and supervisors. So for a long time, um, Robert had been encouraging me to get a PhD and was very persistently (laughs) encouraging me to get a PhD. And after a lot of consideration, I kind of said, you know, I don't think that that's something I'm going to be interested in. And he said, well, you're a really curious person. What are you going to do? And um, I said, well, I think someday I'd like to open a group practice. And he said, well, let's talk about that. And so a few few years later, um, it kind of evolved and grew. Um, And so we're a small group practice now primarily specializing in um, emotionally focused therapy for individuals, couples, and families, um, you know, though not exclusively practicing EFT. So um, that's kind of how it came to be. And so I um, work, you know, kind of independently, have my own practice where I see, you know, my own clients with Lumen. And then we also support um, a small group uh, of us working together too. That's awesome. I remember when you and Robert started it and it's been cool to see it grow. Yeah, it's been a really um, exciting process. We're still kind of early in that growth process. So, you know, I'm kind of excited to see where it goes. But um, so far, it feels, you know, really good and exciting. And it's something that I think we can feel, you know, healthy and well into. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's been a really fun, exciting process. Well, so emotionally focused therapy. For, for anybody listening, I guess it would make sense for us to maybe talk a little bit about what is what is EFT. Um, and that might help with the, with the EFED conversation. So, I guess in a nutshell... How do you explain this very this whole therapy modality? <laughs> that's a that's a big question for a <laughs> nutshell. Um, so you know, EFT kind of came out of um, you know started in working with couples and relationships and looking at attachment. So you know, kind of our most important emotional um, figures in our life and how we relate to them and how our experiences with them um, kind of mold and shape how we feel about ourselves, how we feel about each other, how we feel about the world. Um, And EFT with couples um, really kind of focuses in on these kind of stuck cycles and patterns that we get caught in that 
um, you know, these kind of constricted ways of interacting with each other and kind of sees the problem as the way that we relate to one another. And, and the driver for that being around the way that we, um, you know, adaptively work with our own emotions and share our emotions the way that others receive our emotions. So it's really kind of this like moving away from like, you know, the individual's functioning is the problem. It's how we experience ourselves, how we experience each other and um, the ways that we provide emotional support, safety, contact, comfort and care with one another. And so it really kind of, you know, EFT, as I understand, is kind of driven out of that kind of foundation um, and has expanded into, you know, working and focusing work with individuals and families as well, kind of in the same founding principles. No, that's, I think that's a great nutshell. <laughs> you did that really well with that. Cause yeah, I, that's what drew me to it initially when I got EFT trained was I was mostly working with children and naturally you start to learn, oh, a lot of the, the caregiver is also like the primary source to make positive change and to cause healing. And a lot of times there were issues in the, in the co-parenting relationships. That's what drew me to EFT. And I was just really an EFFT emotionally focused family therapy. I just really liked the, what you said, taking the blame out of it. It's about the cycles, what's happening here, what's coming up for us. Yeah, that's right. And I remember you talking about your previous work with kids too, because I think we, um, you and I arrived though working with different kids and teens, like I think arrived at a passion of work for working with couples from a similar approach. Um, I'd been working in wilderness therapy for a long time with teens and, you know, there's a lot of blaming the teens behaviors for the problems in the family. Um, so when I went into graduate school, I kind of thought, well, I'm probably going to get back to working with teens and families. And then it was in a couples therapy course in graduate school that I thought, Hey, actually like, the best intervention to help teens and families is to help couples have a thriving, secure, bonded relationship as partners to support their development as co-parents and the way that, um, you know, the way that that organizes a family system too. No, it's very cool. And yeah, that experience as a wilderness therapist, that just sounds really really cool and beneficial. And I would imagine you saw a lot of blaming a teenager, especially with the nature of wilderness therapy, you know, we're sending a kid out to survive in the wilderness, you know, therapeutically, but still like my understanding is parents aren't very involved in those programs usually. Yeah, that's right. Um, the parents are involved, um, with the therapist, but, um, you know, okay. while the, the teen is out in the wilderness or in a program, you know, they're removed from the family system and the parents, you know, might do sessions, um, remotely with the therapist for some time at some time they might okay. include or involve the teen, but it's kind of like while the parents are at home, the teens in the woods and, yeah. you know, a therapist, you know, being somewhere else. So it's not the way that, yeah. you know, we might typically see systemic family therapy where kind of everybody's in the, the room, so to speak. Yeah. Which I could see there's probably benefits to that. And at the same time, you can't really work with those cycles when you don't have the full system together. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's the way it feels for me, at least. So, yeah, so EFT and EFFT are focusing on what happens between two people, looking at those cycles. So, so what is, what is EFIT? What does that look like on an individual basis? That's um, a good question, right? So, cause we're yeah. just talking about like how this, uh, these emotions and these constrictions emerge out of relationships. So how would we do that kind of therapy with an individual? So 
That's a good, that's a good question. Um, so EFIT kind of looks at the cycles that we might, um, you know, develop within ourselves or, um, you know, sometimes I think of them as like constrictions to, um, you know, the way we, we process or relate process emotions within ourselves or relate with others. So, you know, we think of the, um, you know, intrapsychic, uh, what happens within us and that dance between the interpersonal, what happens between us. So, you know, we could talk about a number of different problems or experiences that people are having in their life. Um, and that might typically be pathologized in psychotherapy, um, and treated as the problem by itself, you know, for example, um, substance use and, you know, what EFIT might look at is, you know, what's the underlying emotional process that happens within someone? How does that impact their relationships? How do their attachment experiences inform, um, really pain or loneliness or an experience of um, turning within themselves and how does using a substance um, relate to that? So it really starts to see this um, process of um, adaptive strategies um, as something that was helpful and adaptive and protective for someone, but you know maybe eventually reaches an expiration point. And EFIT kind of looks at where those constrictions are, what those experiences of pain or loneliness might be um, and helps through the therapeutic relationship helps the client kind of move through those. And it can I think be really effective in talking about, you know, traumatic experiences, lived experiences of oppression or racism or marginalization, um, you know, just social anxieties, fears and phobias or depression or anxiety. So all those kind that like battery of symptoms being, yeah. you know, about an underlying, you know, emotional, relational attachment experience that um, that's impacting the person. Yeah. So it sounds like you're focusing more on the cycle and the relationship with the self or with, or with maybe whatever is bringing the, the client into session, like the trauma or, or anxiety or depression or. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, very cool. So no, that makes a lot of sense. So we would address that. What, what does a typical session look like? I'm sure it looks different depending on the clinician, but in general, what, what could somebody expect from an offensive, an EFIT session? Yeah, that's something I I really love about EFIT is it can be really expansive to meet the client's needs. Um, so it's something that is really cool because you can really collaborate with the client to develop a relationship and explore um, what these cycles are and what that constriction is. So a typical EFIT session um, will really depend on what the person's experiencing and what they want help with. And the thing about EFIT that I really like is it um, allows us the space and flexibility to meet a client where they're at in their experience and provides us a roadmap and some tools uh, to help that client meet that person there and move through whatever they're experiencing um, without being overly, um, you know, formulaic in a modality or a procedure or something like that. So depending on what the client is going through, an early session in EFIT might look like just really getting to know the person and getting to know, you know, specifically what some of these key emotional events in their life have been, who these key emotional or attachment figures have been, the ways that they have um, taken care of themselves during times of fear or threat or 
isolation, um, ways that maybe they've been supported or found unique strengths as adaptations through their lived experiences. So early on in the work, it's really just very, very collaboratively getting to know each other and getting to know the person and what their life has um, has felt like for them and really tuning into what that experience has been. Hmm. And I know, I know EFT is a phase model. There's three phases. Does EFIT also follow that too? Are there phases of the treatment? Yeah. Yeah, there are. And maybe that kind of circles back to your question about what a typical session might look like. Um, so, you know, kind of in that first phase um, or stage, the first stage would be around stabilization. So, okay. you know, you'd really be working to kind of initially understand and assess and collaboratively come up with some goals and understand these cycles, these cycles within themselves of um, that lead to stuck places and um trying to find, find out what those are. Uh, and then depending on what the, the experiences are of the client, you might work to try to restructure some of those emotional experiences um, through enactments. Um, so kind of these imagined encounters and going back and working collaboratively with the client to restructure some of those key emotional events in their life. Okay. That's how, okay. I was curious how enactments played out in here. Cause then when I do EFT couples therapy and family therapy, yeah, we'll have, um, yeah, we'll, we'll deepen the emotion. We'll get it to a good place and then have the person do an enactment, you know, tell that part, could you look to your partner and tell them what you just told me? Uh, what does that look like with an individual? Yeah. So there, um, it kind of moves to this, um, sense of an imagined encounter. And so that can look like, um, you know, exploring a moment earlier in the work and in stage one, that first kind of stabilization exploration part of the model, um, you might be exploring some of these key moments. So that might be a time that um, they felt unsafe or harmed or, you know, learned that they need to, needed to be hypervigilant of their surroundings. So that could be something we might call a traumatic event or um, a, a feeling when they learned that they needed to, you know, express their emotion in a big way or suppress their emotion in a big way. Um, and so early on, it might be just kind of going through those moments with the client, talking about it with you as the therapist, um, but that you're choreographing an imagined encounter with um, you, with a part of themselves, or with an imagined other. So that could be an attachment figure a partner, a parent, a grandparent, um, or a higher power, if um, that is a part of their faith tradition or an identity that the client holds. When I can really see, too, from an attachment perspective, how this is really helping create that a corrective experience, maybe filling in some gaps that may have happened during development. Because um, in a previous episode, I was talking about how co-regulation can't, or I'm sorry, self-regulation cannot happen unless you've experienced co-regulation. Mm -hmm. And I could see where this, by working with the therapist, really helping build up your own ego strength and really helping be able to create self-regulation and self-soothing and. Yeah, that's right. I think especially like you were saying too, you start off getting to know each other and creating a lot of safety um, before we're going into these deeper you know, maybe darker places. 
Yeah, I think that's spot on, James, and so important. And, you know, that's like one line that we say, you know, in an interview and in a conversation with a client about creating safety. But um, it can really take a lot for someone who's learned that other people are unreliable or inconsistent or unsafe for them. So you really are building this kind of, you're co-creating an attachment experience or a safe experience between the therapist and the client and helping them, you know, there's a part of that that's about um, understanding and creating coherence or organizing their lived experience in a way that can make sense for them, that they can integrate um, and use their emotions as a guide for how they want to continue to work with this and integrate their lived experiences into their life. So it's really a shift away from the notion that we might like manage your anxiety or manage your symptoms it's mm -hmm. really this curiosity about like, I wonder what your anxiety is saying. I wonder why it's there. It might be a really wise part of you that, um, that wants to know uh, that you're safe and might need some work to understand that um, or to integrate that we can be safe in some situations now, you know, for example, something like that. Oh yeah. And that's very powerful, right? Like when we can, restructure or maybe maybe that's not the right word but like when we can change our interpretation and better understand what our anxiety or our emotions or even our trauma is trying to tell us i think that's really powerful even there instead of looking at it as this this disorder or this thing that i have to try and get rid of or is a signal of some sort of weakness yeah i'm i'm not trained um in emdr but you know, I think when I've heard you and some other folks, you know, talk about some of the resourcing that happens in EMDR and yes. some of those that, um, yeah, they sound a bit congruent to me. Oh, they, f they fit so well. And I, I've never, I've never really been trained in eFit, but well, especially hearing what you're saying today, it's validating a lot. Cause I, I kind of figured, cause I can see from EFT how it overlaps with EMDR cause it's because really the dual attention, the eye movements, dual attention stimulus, bilateral stimulation, depending who we're talking to, that's just one avenue to help you get to that deeper felt sense. But a lot of it really is create the safety with the therapist, feeling safe enough to go into those deeper places that we usually don't go to. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, goes right back to that felt sense of safety and security <clears throat> with the therapist is someone that can help us guide through that. I think that's a thing too, that in the mental <clears throat> health field and in research and mental health, I think we're really finally getting there, like actually getting to the felt sense. I mean, just with the emergence of so many more somatic therapies, um, you know, there's the book, the body keeps score that a lot of my clients reference, but even like EFIT, even though maybe we're not talking specifically about the body with emotionally focused therapy, we do have people pay attention to their somatics and what's happening in that moment, especially when we're organizing that, um, the experience. Yeah, and um, it's cool to see some of the research catching up with how we might measure that. You know, yeah. I think a lot of times emotional experiencing or, um, you know, measure, measuring our intrapsychic awareness is something that has seemed, you know, kind of intangible or counter to other evidence-based practices like CBT or something that really lends itself to measuring a treatment goal and an outcome. And so um, there's some research that has been underway using EFIT to treat um, depression and anxiety 
that is really interesting. And I um, wasn't one of the therapists in on that, but helped with some of the coding of the sessions using the oh, experiencing cool. scale, which, you know, kind of applies a number and a measure um, to the level of, of experiencing an awareness and the way that the client is relating to their problem, relating to their inner world and experience and synthesizing and integrating new information and moving through that. So it's really cool to see that there's, you know, an interest um, and kind of the evolving need for models of therapy to kind of emerge outside of this, you know, really rigid um, treatment goal outcome. How, do, how can you measure that kind of approach? Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. Yeah. It's just a really cool time just seeing the shifts and these changes. And, and I think that's where a lot of the healing can happen because I think cognitively you can only do so much we do have to get into that felt sense too, because I, I know with a lot of people who come to me either for, um, well, primarily for EMDR, but even couples I work with with EFT, I'll hear that a lot. Like I, I know I'm safe or I know they're not trying to hurt me, but it doesn't feel like that's true. Yeah. When you've had so many experiences where that wasn't true, um, it's hard to integrate that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So how, so, oh, so what can, th- uh, not therapists, I'm sorry. What can people who are interested, if they wanted to, if they're looking for a therapy or a therapist, um, what can they look for in a, th- in an EFIT therapist? What can help them kind of figure out if this is a good therapist for me, that a good EFIT trained therapist, or if EFIT is a good therapy for me in general. So that's kind of a double barrel question. Yeah. So kind of both parts of that being if, um, if EFIT could be a good treatment approach or good therapy for you. Um, yeah, and how assess that. if so, then how do we know if that, if uh, the person I'm talking to might be the therapist for me? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that, you know, I think for anyone shopping for a therapist, trying to talk to someone and just trusting your intuition and your gut for what it feels like to be with this person. Um, so, you know, first and foremost, just th- does it feel like this person is listening and attuned? You know, in, in EFT, we use that um, ARE acronym of being attuned, responsive, and engaged. And so, <clears throat> you know, I think that can be a nice handle for folks. It's like, is this person attuning to me? Are they responding to me? Do they feel like they're emotionally engaged with me? Because um, I think that will be, you know, one of those foundations and building blocks for the therapeutic relationship and the work to move on. Uh, or move move forward. So I think, you know, as a client, um, trusting your gut and trusting your intuition when you're sitting with someone and being willing to um, be really vulnerable, you're already making a really vulnerable step and just talking to a therapist and reaching out to them. And then, so then I think the next piece then is starting to tell them about your story and um, seeing if it feels like they get it. Um, I think EFIT, the question I kind of answered in reverse order there, the question about if EFIT could be uh, a good treatment approach for you. Um, you know, I think for most, uh, well, I should be careful there, maybe not most experiences, but for many experiences that people are having, I think that um, emotionally focused individual therapy can be a good uh, a good approach. When we look at attachment and the ways that we adapt emotionally, um, 
to our lived experiences, I think that that describes a lot of those stuck places that we feel like we get into in our lives. Um, and it doesn't have to be something like, like I said, a substance use or something like that. It could just mm -hmm. be this way of thinking or a way of feeling and relating with ourselves in the world yeah. that, um, you know, maybe at one point I needed to withdraw and turn inwards and protect myself. But if that's leading to feeling depressed or um, overly anxious or not resilient as a person, maybe that protection strategy is kind of run its course and I can work with an EFIT therapist to help move through that. No, that makes a lot of sense. And and I, what I appreciate about EFIT and EFT just as a model is I think we're living in a society that well, is just very cognitive in general, very thought heavy, and they want, they want the solution and they want, they usually want it to be quick. Cause I know even when I do EMDR and have people call me for that, I have to explain what fast actually looks like and what that means. Um, and what the experience will even be like. Cause I feel like some people come in with this idea that because it's the ideal, right? Like, okay, I'm going to leave this. It's going to only take like a few sessions and then I'm going to have all these skills and all of this. And it, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, I think is a great model. It's been well-researched and we're still learning how to adapt it to really get to the core of a lot of issues because one, like even with EMDR, we don't want to go too fast because we want to pace it out because otherwise you'll get flooded and could potentially cause more harm. Um, that's true with any therapy, but then also like, I feel like so many people want skills and skills aren't really the answer. It's more like what you're saying with emotionally focused therapy, like really being able to sit with and face these issues and work on your relationship with yourself um, and the world. And yeah. And I think that work, um, you know, can be, and maybe should be incremental and scaffolded with safety yeah. and security. Um, I had a client give me this beautiful metaphor once and, he um, worked in excavation, so you know, digging deep trenches for pipes and utility lines and things like that. And he was reflecting on the process of therapy as like, um, if he digs a trench too fast and too deep and doesn't support the walls, um, the walls will yeah. all cave in on themselves. And then you kind of have to start all over. And he was talking about how much longer therapy took for him than he thought when he started therapy mm -hmm. um, and talked about how it's like, you know, you have to dig in a little bit and then you have to support the walls. You have to structure the walls. Yeah. You have to dig a little bit deeper support again so that you can go deeper and deeper into the excavation. But he drew this beautiful parallel between that and the, the excavation of doing this work internally yeah. within himself. Um, I just thought that was a, a beautiful metaphor that I carry with me in these conversations. I'm definitely going to carry that with me. It's a really great metaphor. It makes a lot of sense too. And that's where, yeah, EFIT is, I think, sounds like a really good model because it's also, it's not, it doesn't sound rigid. It sounds like it is expansive. It can be dynamic and be tailored to the individual. And there are, there are, it is incremental. And then for therapists too, it sound, I'd imagine if it's similar to EFT, then there are steps that you follow. There is a roadmap that you're following. Um, yeah, yeah, which is helpful um, as a clinician and as a client to kind of be able to look at the map and say, you know, where am I and where are we going? Um, of course, the map is not the territory. So um, yeah. it's just the map. There's like, you know, the 
whatever map you're on, the woods that you're walking through, the stream you're walking by, there's still the whole full experience of being in the world. Um, the map's just a description of it. Well, and I am curious too, if I can ask, um, you know, not that you're, you have to be like a salesman or anything, but for clinicians listening, um, why would you recommend a clinician getting trained in emotionally focused individual therapy? And, and what does the training look like? If there is, you know, I don't know if there's a formal training. Yeah, there are. Um, and that's a good question. So why would I recommend? I think for me, um, it's just a very rich training that kind of gives me the depth and breadth to work with a lot of clients that are interesting to me. So, you know, if emotional expression or learning how to experience emotion, process emotion and share emotion is um, something that clients looking for. I think it's a great place to process that processing, you know, traumas. Um, I think it'd be a great trauma modality as well. Um, working with anxiety and depression in this really, like I said, kind of like deep, rich and wide, broad kind of way. So I like that it um, is training that is applicable to a lot of different clients. Um, it can also include a range of identities and lived experiences. So I like that it helps. It's also very collaborative. Um, it's very client-centered and client-focused. Being in their world with them and attuning to them is the most important part. And so I like that that makes room for what the client has experienced across a range of identities and lifestyles and things like that. So I think it's a really nice kind of like specific roadmap that yeah. kind of allows us. It's like I might think of it if we're on the kind of map metaphor. I think of it as like getting trained in um, orienteering. So oh. I could teach you how to follow like a trail map and tell you like go to Rocky Mountain National Park and turn left at this trailhead and walk two miles and turn right at this trailhead. Or I could teach you how to read a map and compass and help you learn how to navigate that terrain on your own. Mm. And so I think EFIT's kind of this nice orienteering training. It's like, how can you navigate this collaboratively with your client? That's another great metaphor actually too. Cause I, I think that's another fear that people will come up with if they don't have, I think some people are drawn more to more rigid, like we do it this way therapies because they want to know that there is going to be an end at some point. But that's a great analogy too. If it is giving you getting to know you individually, your specific self and teaching teaching you how to use your own compass. Yeah. Having the trail is nice for our anxieties though. <laughs> it's nice to know that you're on the path. Um, and sometimes not always helpful. Yeah. And then so, your other question was about the training and um, yeah, how to get yeah. trained. So, um, you know, I think so recently in the last couple of years, um, there have been a training series like um, ISEFT is the international center for excellence. For emotionally focused therapy it's a mouthful um so they have you know iceft has certified trainers in eft and some of those trainers are offering a level one and a level two uh, training in efit so that's one option um, i think iceft is also doing a training that's attachment theory and practice that's kind of an introduction okay. to eft and attachment theory and so i think there's some introductions um, to efit that way um, also a couple of books and resources as well um, that have come up as well. And you can find links to all those, um, I think, on the ISEFT website. So, nice. um, and then, you know, maybe a plug for our local trainer, 
um, Dr. Robert Allen, he's not paying me to say this, but um, on the Colorado Center for EFT, um, you know, if he has a training coming up, it would be listed there. Oh yeah, no, I was just going to ask too about that, like how people could learn. Um, well, this has been really helpful for me, even just understanding EFIT better. Cause I, I'm EFT trained. I've done that four day externship and, and the core skills, but I just didn't know a whole lot about EFIT. So this has just been really, really nice just to learn about it. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to start a consultation group or something that can be EFIT focused and. Oh yeah. Oh, and I bet there'd probably be people that would be interested in that too. Um, especially as EFIT's getting more and more research behind it and. Yeah, that sounds exciting to me. <laughs> nice. Well, Lucas, how can people get a hold of you or learn more about you? Um, they like to reach out. Yeah, I'm open to folks reaching out. Um, I'm starting to do some supervision and hope to be able nice. to do some supervision around EFT things in the future. Um, but if anyone just wants to connect, you could find me on our website, which is just lumentherapyservices.com. So L-U-M-E-N-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y s-e-r-v-i-c-e-s.com or you can send me an email it's lucas with a k so l-u-k-a-s at lumentherapyservices.com awesome well thank you so much for being here lucas i really appreciate your time and just yeah just learned a lot and just enjoy getting a chance to talk with you too yeah thanks james thanks for having me and um look forward to more collaborating in the future absolutely amazing conversation there that we had on just how the different cycles that we develop with others and the different cycles that we develop with ourselves can impact our day-to-day and how we live our lives and just how slowing down and getting to know that and figuring out why we interact certain ways, why we respond certain ways and really assessing that and seeing if there are different patterns that we can incorporate into our lives just to help us relate to ourselves and others better. Big thank you to Lucas Schaefer for joining me today and and bringing in this conversation, explaining emotionally focused therapy, how it can be used with relationships, but specifically today what we talked about, how it can be used in individual therapy. If you'd like to learn more about Lucas and his services, you can check him out at his website, lumentherapyservices.com. Lumen is spelled L-U-M-E-N. And if you're interested in learning more about emotionally focused therapy in general, the ICEFT website that Lucas mentioned is a really great resource. So that's I-C-E-E-F-T dot com. I hope today was helpful and that you enjoyed today's episode. Hope to see you back soon. Have a great week and take care.